All right, utter domination. I'll tell you why the Pelicans looked like a completely different team in their blowout win. They were up 50 points over the Sacramento Kings than they did in Friday's loss to the Clippers. It's a live Monday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. All right, utter domination. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all, we're coming to you Sunday night. This is the Monday show right after the Pelicans beat the Sacramento Kings in dominant fashion, 133-100. They were up by as many as 50 points in this one. This is the fifth win in a row over the Sacramento Kings this season. This was just utterly dominant. The Pelicans did everything you wanted to see from them in this game. And after the loss to the Los Angeles Clippers, where they looked like they really struggled, it was a 111-95 point loss. To come back and bounce back like this tells you a lot about this team. And there's a couple of reasons why they looked entirely different. We're going to break it down in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. So let's get into this one, right? There's a couple of reasons why the Pelicans won. We're going to go over it really in the first two segments here. Um, and this team just looked entirely different. So one is they match up well against the Sacramento Kings. If you look at Sacramento Kings fans, if you look at Matt George, who hosts the Locked On Kings podcast, someone go give him a hug right now because I think he needs it after the Pelicans played this. This one was so demoralizing for the Kings that Matt George, again, host of Locked On Kings, put up a poll for Kings fans that was basically like, look, if you're a Kings fan and you had the sixth seed, would you take the sixth seed, but you have to play the Pelicans in the first round, or would you tank? Would you tank? to get into the play-in tournament to avoid the Pelicans in the first round. That's kind of an insane thing to think about. And that's a real question that got posed, which just tells you how much the Pelicans have dominated the Sacramento Kings in this one. And one night, one game, I should say, after looking really bad to the Los Angeles Clippers, to come back and bounce back like this and have the right mentality was great, right? Brandon Ingram, you know, I had the graphic for CJ since he was the leading scorer in this one. Brandon Ingram playing under 30 minutes, 15 points, was absolutely fantastic. And you could argue that he was the best player on the court for the Pelicans in this game. 15 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds, just 1 turnover. He didn't need to impact the game so much with his scoring. The Sacramento Kings were double teaming him, something that the Los Angeles Clippers did as well. And he was just passing out of it, right? Just making the right play, the simple thing that the Pelicans need to do. And that was a lot of fun to see because it allowed other guys just to get wide open looks. And this team was ready I want to get more into it in the second segment, the mentality, clearly watching the film, listening to head coach Willie Green and coming in well prepared. But I want to look at the good performances here first, but we'll get into the mentality and why they looked like a different team in the second segment of this show. We can also go a little bit longer. It's a live show. It's a Sunday. It's early. This is nice. So what we'll likely do on this show, just for a programming standpoint here 
go through our normal three segments. Then we can well hit the kind of exit video we do. And then I'll stay a little bit longer, hang out with y'all, answer your questions, interact with the chat more. But let me know if you're an everyday. If you listen to Locked on Pelicans Monday through Friday, I even forgot to mention that in the beginning here. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen today and every day. So that's how excited I am after going up 50 points on the road, which is difficult to do. Like, think about that. This was so demoralizing for the Kings that they were actively talking about tanking in a hypothetical situation to get a worse seed to avoid the Pelicans, right? They've said the Pelicans just have our number. They're a bad matchup. One of the things that's been a theme after the Pelicans absolutely like wreck really good teams, including the Minnesota Timberwolves just a week ago, right? Was that they were also saying, oh, the Pelicans are just like a bad matchup for us. No, Notice that that's the refrain whenever the Pelicans beat a good team. Teams are scared of the Pelicans, right? I see ABJ504 with the comment there, the OG every day, or as I like to call them, at least on YouTube, commenting every single day. Um, so every team seems kind of scared from the Pelicans because when they're clicking, they're clicking, right? They did this without Zion Williamson and without without Jose Alvarado, right? Like, they looked really good in this one without those guys. The Kings were utterly dominated by Zion before in some of the matchups that they've had. Zion was the big reason with being the focal point of the Kings' defense, opening things up for others. You didn't have him in this one. And to be able to go out and still completely dominate them with the guy that they tend to focus on, I think really says a lot about this team and kind of where they're at in terms of talent. There's a reason the Kings don't want to play the Pelicans without Zion or with Zion, right? Like, that is a, a a terrible situation for them to be in. I don't think the Minnesota Timberwolves want to play this Pelicans team either, right? They've been sitting first in the West and they are beating up, you know, on a lot of other teams and then they lose to the New Orleans Pelicans and that's something that really kind of scares them, right? There's so much talent here that if it does all click, this team can be very scary. A show we're going to do later this week and maybe even in tomorrow's episode is why you're not hearing the Pelicans come up in trade rumors, really, in anything sort of significant as trade season has started and we'll look at trade targets and things but we're going to start with they're not being linked to a ton of players right now because I think they believe in this team and they're ready just to kind of go to bat with this team and see what they have as they get towards the postseason so they aren't jumping in there because you have wins like this you have wins over the Minnesota Timberwolves that dominant win over the Los Angeles Lakers right one of the things I think you can say and this is what we're going to focus on in the next segment as we get into the X's and O's of this game a little bit more is that Well, they learned their lessons. They're growing. They're improving, right? Let's highlight a couple of other things here. We just talked about Brandon Ingram being excellent in this game. CJ McCollum coming out and being a straight-up flamethrower in the beginning. 30 points in this one. Seven rebounds, four assists. He was seven of ten from three. Making his shots. The Pelicans have been shooting the ball hot as of late, and when they do that, they win. 54.3% from three. 19 of 35, with CJ really leading the way. Trey Murphy in the starting lineup for Zion Williamson. 11 points. His shooting, and this is probably a show we're going to need to do soon. Trey should probably be starting over Herb Jones, because the shooting is so needed. Three of six from deep there. Also with five assists he didn't even really get it going until late but you can see the impact it makes the court gravity and the numbers also really speak to it Dyson Daniels getting a role in this one right making a shots 14 points six assists five rebounds looking really sharp too you know when injuries come up to guys like Jose 
Zion Williamson. It's a next man up mentality. They need to go out and they need to play. They did really well in this game, and that's one of the reasons why you saw Dyson Daniels play well. Then Jordan Hawkins getting early run. Three-point shot not falling. We'll talk more about him in the third segment, along with Larry Nance Jr. too. They both made a positive impact here. So this was a great game. We'll talk about the difference between the Pelicans and the Clippers. It's not just that shots were falling in this game. That's a big part of it, yes, but there was more to it. So that's going to be what we're going to talk about coming up here next in a live episode, the Monday episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about game time. Look, buying tickets can be a pain, right? I went to the Saints-Rams game in SoFi Stadium, and I was kind of scared. You don't know what you're going to get when you buy tickets. Are you going to get good seats? Are they going to be a good price? Is there better value to be found later? You don't need to worry about any of that with GameTime because GameTime is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You get to see the view from your seat before you buy. That's what I did. I knew exactly the view that I was going to be getting. They show the all-in price up front so it's not like you buy elsewhere and then all of a sudden it's double or triple in price because of like hidden fees and things like that. And with the GameTime guarantee, it means you're always going to get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in row for less, GameTime's going to credit you 110% of the difference. The other thing I just learned for a concert, you can buy parking for most arenas and stadiums in the country. So if you're going to a sh- another type of show where you want to park, get cheap parking that way too. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account, redeem code Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download GameTime today, last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down the game, breaking down this team like nobody else does. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and become an everydayer. Listen Monday through Friday to Locked on Pelicans. If you're an everydayer right now, let me know in the comments down below. And we'll get to your questions in the kind of bonus segment. We'll do like a fourth segment here. We're going to do the normal podcast for people listening on Monday and on the audio side. And then after we do the third segment, we will get into your questions. I'll interact with all y'all in the chat. So save your questions for there. Just let me know if you're an everyday. Or if you listen one day a week, listen two days a week. It helps support the channel. Keep it free in five days a week for y'all. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Another programming note, I teased this on the last show and then of course life changes and things come up. With Fox 8 WVUE taking on 10 of the Pelicans games, they're going to be doing some pregame shows and things like that for it. They were set to do it this coming Friday the 12th for the game against the Denver Nuggets. I was going to be on the whole half hour of pregame on Fox 8. It was going to be really cool studio show and talk with them about that. It was going to be a lot of fun. Then ESPN flexed that game in so they don't need to do a pregame show anymore and that's just kind of funny how it goes. So you'll see me on another pregame game show eventually but just not this one coming Friday more on that as it comes up so why did this Pelicans team this is what I used in the open of the show right look so different from the Clippers 111 95 Clippers beat the New Orleans Pelicans they look terrible in that game overall right 35.9 percent from the field just shooting overall this one the Pelicans 61 percent is it as simple as you know it's a make or miss league or is there more to it and I'm here to tell you look part of it is they made shots. You're going to look better when you make shots, right? You're going to win games when you make shots. However, it was also just a very different mentality, right? Watching that game against the Clippers at home, the Pelicans on a winning streak, they tend to do this. They seem to almost just think they're good enough to sleepwalk through games when that's not the case for them, right? This is a, a team that hasn't proven anything fully yet. 
We like what we see. There seems to be a lot of potential here, right? But they still need to be a little bit more consistent. And that Clippers game was an example of it. You know, I don't want to say they're getting like full of themselves or anything like that necessarily. They just need to do a better job of, I don't know, coming out with the right energy, the right mentality, the, you know, and all of that. And they didn't against the Clippers. This game, knowing that they were going to play a team that really wanted to beat them, right? You knew the Sacramento Kings from the in-season tournament game really wanted to beat them. This is a team that's been embarrassed by them already. They really want to beat them. So, They came in and didn't let up and just didn't give the Kings a chance whatsoever to do that. Really took it to them. The starters had the right kind of energy that you don't always see from this team. And again, they were doing this down Zion Williamson, down Jose Alvarado to, you know, your best player, second best player, arguably. And Jose Alvarado, a key guy off the bench that brings the energy, knowing they were going to need to step up because... They didn't have kind of your your energy guy off the bench was really impressive from me. But it's more than just the energy and making shots. It was how they created those shots, I think, which is what was so impressive about this one. Right against the Los Angeles Clippers, and Zion left that game with a leg contusion, listed you know as questionable for this game. I don't think it's anything serious. He, you know, they doubled Brandon Ingram. They wanted the ball out of Brandon Ingram's hands, and it just disrupted the flow of the Pelicans' offense. They didn't seem ready for that kind of defense by the Los Angeles Clippers, and it really got to them. And that's why they looked so lethargic and so awful in that game on Friday. They clearly watched the film from that game, and they were well prepared from this one because guess what? The Kings did the exact same thing. They were doubling Brandon Ingram. And he was dishing the ball and creating for others. He had seven or eight assists in this game. What was the final number here? Let me pull it up that he had. Eight assists in this one. A couple of hockey assists. He easily could have had over ten assists in this game. Like, no problem. He was ready for it. And more importantly, the other players on the team were ready for it, right? The person who should replace Zion in the starting lineup was very clearly Trey Murphy. That was good. The two-man game between Brandon Ingram and C.J. McCollum, Brandon being double-teamed and then zipping a ball with some speed on it, right? Over to C.J. right in his shooting pocket, exactly where C.J. was and knew to be, was exactly how you want to kind of respond to the lackluster game that you had against the Los Angeles Clippers. Look, that's growth. That's coaching, too. It's not just the shots were falling, right? They were manufacturing really good, easy looks, not something that they did against the Los Angeles Clippers in that game. CJ's the only guy that took really multiple threes more, you know, other than Trey Murphy in that one. Trey's shot wasn't falling, but they weren't doing a great job of getting him the ball in places where you want to get him the ball. You know, same for CJ McCollum to be open and ready for that. Same for Dyson Daniels, for all of these guys to know exactly where they needed to be to be the outlet for Brandon Ingram says coaching, growth. And that's not something that we've always seen from this team. So all of the criticism towards Willie Green, we need to give this coaching staff credit where credit is due. And they were definitely better prepared in this game. They came out with the right mentality. They had watched the film and the game plan was better. And we'll talk about the defense in the next segment too. But when you have guys like Larry Nance Jr. that are in the right position and know to work well off ball, it just adds so much to this team that you're not getting in another way here and you're seeing growth not just from the team and the players but from Willie Green and others as well so they came out looking like an entirely different team but it goes beyond just the mentality it's the preparation and the work you do I guess that's also mentality with it but they came out and they knew they needed to play really hard against a team that really wanted to beat them 
And now again, after sending a message across the league for that dominant win over the Minnesota Timberwolves, you send another one here to go up 50 points in an NBA game is pretty great. I'm laughing because the, the broadcast was great in this game. I very much enjoyed Joel Myers and Antonio Daniels. Antonio Daniels having the most fun with all of the, the assists from Brian Ingram and just giving out plates, giving out food, everything here, right? And to just have fun on the call. I did like Joel Myers, and I was like, I don't think he realizes what he said in this one, which is just maybe funny to me. Maybe, maybe you'll laugh at this too. When they were up 40, he's like, when was the last time you saw a team up 40 in an NBA game? And it's like, well, well, the Pelicans recently, like two, three weeks ago, lost by 40, 44 to be exact, to the Los Angeles Lakers. So, so it's not that uncommon, I guess, here. But dominant win by the Pelicans to come out and just kind of correct all of the mistakes that they had against the Los Angeles Clippers. Also loved Antonio Daniels, speaking of the broadcast. We just love him in general, right? But love that <laughs> he came out and said he enjoyed the Saints running up the score on the Atlanta Falcons. Saints eliminated from postseason contention which sucks but pretty fun to hear that he enjoyed that last minute touchdown at the end there to run up the score because I did too did you all enjoy the running up the score I think uh that was really great too let me know in the comments down below also go live locked uh go live go listen to locked on saints make them your second listen today Ross Jackson breaking down everything black and gold there as they hit a kind of pivotal offseason maybe making some changes what can they do to be a better team than they were this season so I think that's going to be a big show. There's going to be a lot coming over the Locked on Saints podcast. Final note on kind of the mentality here. Also, one thing I've noticed with the Pelicans that I do think tends to be good that's been more recent with them than earlier in the season here. You know, when you look at that Clippers game, right, that's something that could kind of spiral you, I think. That was a humbling experience for the Pelicans. But they've only lost back-to-back games one time since, where does it come to? Since November 9th or 29th. So for basically the past like a month and a half, they haven't lost back-to-back games. They've looked really good. They've played really hard, right? It was that loss to Houston followed by the loss to the Memphis Grizzlies. That's the only time they've lost back-to-back games over the past month and a half. I think that says something. That says growth, right? You don't want to just look at those losses and say, well, they're aberrations or things like that because that was a humbling game against the Los Angeles Clippers. And it's more than just, you know, not having your shots fall, but to kind of like shrug that loss off and come out, learn from it, grow from it is the sign of a growing team. That's what you want to see. That's a team that makes you scared when you get into a seven game series with them. So it's going to be a lot of fun to see if the Pelicans keep growing like this because there's a lot of potential. They also had a great game plan on the defensive side of the ball. I want to look at the defense for this team coming up here next in today's live episode, Sunday night, Monday show that's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about FanDuel. The NFL regular season just wrapped up with the playoffs around the corner. Basketball is fully underway here, so it's time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Any $5 bet, and that's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The Pelicans on the money line. Brandon Ingram to have more than seven and a half assists. You can do it all over at FanDuel. And that's why I love the app. It's super easy to use. They have all of the betting options that you could want. Live same game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab to find new bets that you're looking for. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays. So many more things. The So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. Again, that's 150 bucks in bonus bets with a $5 bet, win or lose. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel official partner of the NFL and the official sports book of Locked On.
And thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast coming to y'all like nobody else does, breaking down everything you want to know about the team, getting into the X's and O's, which we're going to get into a little bit more here. We just looked at that in the last segment. No one else comes to y'all like this. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Tell a friend about the show as well. And since this is a live episode, we'll go a little bit longer. Take some of your questions after we wrap up this segment. I'm going to hit the kind of end screen here for YouTube, and then we'll keep going for a little bit longer, not too much longer, and answer your questions. I'll interact with the chat more, say hi to y'all, shout y'all out. It's going to be a lot of fun. So please stick with me a little bit longer here in this bonus episode of Locked on Pelicans and become an everyday or listen Monday through Friday. Support the channel, helps keep it free in five days a week for you. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. So, yeah, the Pelicans' offense was great, right? Led them to a big win here over the Sacramento Kings. But it was also the defense that really fueled them, right? Is that arguably one of the worst games, if not the worst game, of De'Aaron Fox's career? I do need to ask Mac George that. I'm going to kind of report back to y'all with what he says. They held De'Aaron Fox, who has added a pull-up three-point jumper to his arsenal, right? Hit it in the beginning. And then didn't hit another shot. Didn't get to the line at all. This is one of the fastest guards in the league. Three points, four turnovers, one of 10 shooting, four assists, two rebounds. Oh boy, did he have a terrible game. The Pelicans were excellent defensively in this one, right? The wing depth that they have of Trey Murphy, of Herb Jones, of Dyson Daniels, of Najee Marshall, and the switchability with Larry Nance Jr. out there, all just really completely like flummoxing flustering, whatever word you want to use here, De'Aaron Fox in this one. That might have to be the worst game of his career. That's also on the heels of earlier in the season, that second game they played against the Mavericks at home, where they just completely limited Luka Doncic once Herb Jones came back from injury and hadn't played a couple games before, and then did. And then just completely limited Luka Doncic. The Lockdown Mavs host, Nick Angstad, who's in with me in New Orleans, said, that's maybe one of like the five worst games he's ever seen Luka Doncic play. So you've held Luka Doncic to one of his five worst games ever and then might have just held De'Aaron Fox, one of the elite guards in the league, to maybe his worst game ever as a pro. I don't know if anyone can look up his points per, you know, the uh, worst game that he's had, but that has to be there. They just trounced this team in an exceptional way, right? You had Demonis Sabonis kind of do some damage, 17 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, but it wasn't enough to win the game by himself, right? You limited guys like Malik Monk off the bench to just 6 points. He might win 6 man of the year, right? You're forcing Davian Mitchell to take 3 pointers, which is not his thing. You just gave yourself the best chance to win by playing a sound defensive game plan. This was kind of the Pelicans unleashed in what they want to do. They limit points in the paint by that switching scheme. It's why a guy like Larry Nance Jr. is so important to what they do that it allows them to prevent guys from getting into the paint. That same switching scheme, by the way, is something the Clippers employ. And that was a problem for the Pelicans in that game that they couldn't just get that interior penetration right into the paint, into the basket, into the teeth of the defense. And it just really completely threw him off. And by limiting, you know, this team, the Sacramento Kings, in a similar way, it just completely took them out of their rhythm, right? The Pelicans had just 38 points in the paint against the Los Angeles Clippers. That's not how they're going to win very many games. You know, the Pelicans on the flip side in this one came in with the right game plan. 
get the ball out of Brandon Ingram's hands to your right guys, but then when he needs a break, put it in the hands of Jonas Valanciunas, who nearly had a a double-double in the first half of this game. Just a workhorse doing sound things, right? An easy 15 points, 12 rebounds for him, and it didn't seem like he was working that hard offensively to do it. What was playing good defense against Demonis Sabonis. So letting guys like Chris Duarte shoot when that's not who they really want taking all of those shots, right? Forcing Keegan Murray to take all of those shots from three when he can hit that, but he's not elite at that per se. Eight points just for him on two of nine shooting, one of six from deep. That's a smart game plan. Again, the Pelicans just kind of utilizing their players in the best possible way. One of the things you want out of your head coach, right, is putting your players in position to succeed giving them the best chance to have success. Look, Willie Green hasn't done that all season, particularly on off, on offense. They did in this game, and then they also did it defensively, too. That's where a guy like Larry Nance Jr. coming back and looking healthy is a difference maker for the Pelicans. The switchability he gives you to limit guys like De'Aaron Fox, if you switch De'Aaron Fox onto Jonas Valanciunas, that's a problem. Darren Fox on Larry Nance Jr. is still a problem, but one that you can kind of handle a little bit more, maybe contain, and is better suited for you. So overall, their defensive game plan was just as sound as what they did offensively too, and it really just messed with the Sacramento Kings. Look, Sacramento only turned the ball over nine times in this game. Only turned the ball over nine times. This is insane, right? That's insane that you still went up 50 when a team doesn't turn the ball over. And they did. They forced him into bad shots, shots that they weren't going to hit. Just 42% from the field for the Sacramento Kings in this one compared to 61%. This was game plan here coming to fruition and being exactly what you want to see from the team. So they came in and just played exceptionally well. A couple of other notes here. I'm happy we got to see uh, Jordan Hawkins get some run in this one. 24 minutes. Look. Antonio Daniels said it on the broadcast, and I've always loved this, right? When he's like, there's no garbage time in the NBA. There is. But there isn't for a guy off of the bench to get those minutes and make them count, right? Jordan Hawkins got extended run against the Clippers. Seemed to get into a rhythm as he started to fill it up in the fourth quarter there. So that when he came in this game with now no Jose Alvarado, now no Zion Williamson, which means guys need to get bumped up in the rotation, he was ready to make the most of those minutes in garbage time, right? Wasn't garbage time to him. It mattered. And he delivered. The three-point shot wasn't falling, right? But he was a positive in this game. 12 points, 5 of 9 from the field. He was getting out and scoring. So he made all of his other shots that weren't three-pointers, right? Three rebounds, two assists, just two turnovers for the rookie to impact the game in other ways I think is a really, really important thing, and it shows growth on his part. Again, this is a fantastic win for the Pelicans. Way to get the kind of mentality back. Way to come in with the right game plan, learn from the past game, watching film, going through a practice, knowing the best way to go win this game without Zion Williamson says a lot about this team. There's a reason teams are scared about them, and this is something we'll talk about in tomorrow's show. Let's do that. You know, that, look, there's not a lot of teams calling them. There's not a lot of teams in, you know, linked to them in trade rumors and things like that because, well, because this team could be really good. Again, you don't get up 50 on an NBA team as a fluke. So that was really impressive. Very fun to see. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. If you are on YouTube on the live show with me, we're going to continue for maybe 15 minutes or so. Maybe we'll go to the top of the hour here. I'll answer your questions. Interact in the chat. So get ready to type your questions in here. I'm going to hit the end screen. 
Don't leave. We're going to keep going. Even when you see that, when it comes right back, we're going to go right back talking with y'all here in a live episode, a victorious episode of Lockdown Pelicans as they beat the Sacramento Kings 133-100. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And we'll be back tomorrow to talk trade rumors, things like that.